Okay, lower that music. What's up, everybody? This is Francisco here for Sports Goofs number 138. I'm joined by my good buddies, Andrew and Charles, once more. Yeah, it's a, a bit of a uh, late start today. I had some troubles with my computer, but I finally got it, it to cooperate with me, and now it can cooperate with us on the show. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. How about you? Um, I'm all right. I'm all right. Came home, took a little quick shower, and then uh, my computer decided to run slow as molasses, and it's all thanks to Batman Arkham Knight. So, so there you go. I, I, I should have known because apparently Batman Arkham Knight had some really notorious bugs on the PC version, which I did experience on my playthrough, if you look at my own channel. And uh, yeah, yeah, but I got to find some YouTube workarounds on there to see if because apparently some people have it running at 60 frames without choppiness. Uh, mm. That's that's the unfortunate thing sometimes when you have a, uh, a a PC. Sometimes some games just don't don't play nice with your setup uh, compared to consoles. So yeah, oh, oh well. Uh, yeah, uh, how, how about you, Charles? I haven't heard from you. I'm I'm good. I'm just uh, being professional today. So as we're doing this show, <laughs> everything this he hates about hour. himself. I know. I'm taking this two-hour opportunity that we have to actually compile the remaining rough draft of a presentation I have to do for a CLE for mm-hmm. CLE for listeners is a continuing legal education, which means Charles has sold out. And this is what happens when you stay in the field for too long for one particular section, and people know you, and they ask you to do things, and then you get caught up with all the other stuff, and you have a window of oh, I don't know, a day and a half. Mm-hmm to do things but one thing i will tell anybody who's doing presentations the love of god always have an outline and i have my outline and i hate powerpoint i am not a powerpoint person i know it's user friendly but my style presentation is very ted talk um different from the podcast because i'm very tangent and i run and everything like that but whenever i do my public speaking and everything there's that humor there's that ted talk and ted talk with every ted talk person is the whole thing seriousness joke seriousness hand movements walking around seeing people engaged and i'm the public speaker that treats it like wrestling the worst thing for wrestling is to have a dead audience (laughs) jeer me shear me tell me i suck or say what but if you're dead quiet it's gonna affect my ego that's how i am here and you don't have those certain capacities with powerpoint because i feel powerpoint is like on this we do this on this we do this on this we do this but you know forward to bar they like powerpoints they like outlines you want your cle for your credits let's go do it that's me mm. andrew's probably got more experience than us in presenting things to a to an audience uh any, that's true any any sort of tips you have there andrew what how's your style what's your style compared to and uh, to, to charles well unfortunately the presentations i go to you have to be normal um so you don't really get that opportunity to you know move around the room and talk about stuff like, like that a podium or something you just stand up there. well you do have a podium you have a podium and you stand there i mean i guess in theory you could move around uh but since i have papers uh and i i never have my things fully memorized i can't really move around the room unless uh I'm talking after the fact, uh, Q&A. So, I mean, 
if you have to speak normally, um, when is your presentation? Oh, I mean, my presentation is next Thursday. I just have to do an outline. I've done numerous CLEs before in front of my judicial circuit, in front of bar associations. This one's not, to, to, if I have to bore you, it's essentially just going through substance matters and issues of petitions and what I do in my line of work. So it's about getting, I, I hate writing the boring parts because a lot of this stuff is very hypothetical, but I've been working in my field for five years. I have overseen numerous attorneys my time going. I supervise that. So I got stories galore. But part of the thing is like I gotta hit the touch points to certify for Florida Bar. So I, I have no concerns with it. It's just finding time, and I'm sure you both can speak to it, time to compile something when you come home from work, when you're extremely exhausted, and you, you still have to do time to these things. I, I don't get how some of our friends can do 12 hour, 13 hour, 14 hour work days. But they're built differently than I am. Good luck for you kids who decide to go stay in Miami instead of just moving an hour and a half north or going west or something who want to go with the big old law litigation and you're stuck eating, you know, um, chips at like 12 <laughs> o'clock at night as dinner because you got to crunch numbers for the pyramid scheme of big law businesses. Well, then. <laughs> okay. I knew this. Well, would, I, I, knew, I knew this would devolve into you just like. Uh, well, I mean, you, you hate all of this. You hate all of that, what you've become. <laughs> yeah. Well, so me and my paralegal, and um, I, I guess this is always to be a segue because we are lawyers who are sports analysts, and there are lawyers in life. You could become a sports agent. Maybe that's what we'll do with it. But sometimes what happens is, and me, him and I joke about it, is that I'm not just the guy, now I'm the right guy. And that's what happens when you get to any kind of profession, when you, you realize that you're adept and you're competent and you somehow survive by a, a bit of luck, but it wouldn't be true heel luck if I didn't have any luck, right? But you become the right person, the right guy, the right gal, the right human being for that situation. Don't go to law school, kids. It will <laughs> steal your money. You will F up, and then you'll become a Supreme Court justice who follows different faiths and overturns something that's been established for something years. Ooh, touchy <laughs> topics. Listen, I've been on that Twitter feed, and I've been looking at a sports thing, everything like that. What a, yeah. what a joke. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, I know. It's a joke. Oh man! So, yeah, that some some things went down, but that's not what this show's about. That's not what this show's about. We we'll, we'll, we'll... can't smoke crack, can't have abortions, you can't have anything fun in this country. Uh, the no fun league. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Speaking of no fun league, NFL draft happened last week. Me and Charles. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that if you want. If you want genuine live reactions, we did do it. I did do the whole four hours and debased myself however this year i was able to survive a lot better because one i got a wendy's hot honey chicken sandwich during it but two charles charles's agony lifted my spirits his his, his anguish sustained me so that it, was that was great it, it was such we've done what three years of it now yeah and that was the first time i just got you know the rug pulled under me yeah and I didn't know how to feel about it, but if you got, if we were able, hindsight's 2020, Ooh. if we were able to get draft day two and day three reactions, you would, you would have had a much more happier chart. That, that's true. That's true. Thanks. But that, that, that first day was, was a genuine reaction. And, uh, Andrew, I don't know. Did you watch the clip that, uh, uh yes. Charles's anguish? Uh, yes, I did. That, that it was, it's a thing of beauty. It's, it's, um, what was it? Uh, the Wide World of Sports. Uh, what was the, the model for it? The the agony of defeat, right? Something like that. 
something. The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Yeah, basically. Then Charles was. Man, was I ain't got no victory. <laughs> it was the agony and of defeat. That's it what it was. Paper victory, and somebody had the knee knob SpongeBob pen that's just erasing me. <laughs> and knee knock. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, so I did post that on on our TikTok account. Uh, let's see. And we did have quite a quite a number of people that watched us that that day as well that night. Uh, so right now, I, I I did a TikTok poll. Did, did the Titans? How do you do, fellow kids? Uh, did the Titans lose this trade? And seventy five percent of our TikTok audience said yes. So you know, uh, no, not that great for Charles on that on that very day. But oh well, well, well the things evened out, I guess. I don't know. The Dolphins had I a draft party. Everything. The Dolphins had a draft draft party. Anybody? Well, the, in the first round, they didn't have any picks, and the Dolphins threw a yeah. draft party. For whatever reason, people showed up. I don't know. I, I'm gosh, man. Anyways, I, I was gonna say don't bring your kids around there if Tyreek Hill's there, but I feel that's too low hanging fruit. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> uh, well, he's your guy. Yeah. Well, uh, 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 gosh, man. Um, anyway, so that was the NFL draft. Uh, that was the only day we covered it. I and I don't uh, know anybody of no. Well, you guys got Malik out. Uh, was it Malik? Um... All right. So I can literally list out everybody that we got. We got Traylon Burks from Arkansas, which made me feel better because apparently Aaron Rodgers wanted him. And then so John Robinson sat me down, Andrew, the GM of the Titans, and he told mm-hmm. me last minute that the trade was going to happen, but I didn't believe him. He said, "Listen, we're going to do these things." I'm like, "But I love AJ Brown. He, he's you know our guy." And he goes, "Listen, what do you love more than AJ Brown?" I'm like, "Not much." He's like, "What about screwing over Aaron Rodgers?" I'm like, "Oh, I love that." <laughs> and so he screwed over Aaron Rodgers. But the, the the thing was is that that is allegedly who the Green Bay Packers was targeting for Aaron Rodgers. Mind you, they have nobody but a bust-down Sammy Watkins fingernail. They were able to get um, the kid out of, I think his last name is West, from um, North Dakota or whatever, but that could be a slow transition. But it hurt a lot. Um, but I wanted a quarterback. I wanted a halfback. I wanted lineman. So we got Traylon Burks. We needed a receiver anyway, but the thing was we needed that for A.J. Brown and Robert Woods, but we were able to get – um, that we got Malik Willis in the third round. So I'm just like Steve McNair over because I, I didn't watch him play at Liberty. I know he was an Auburn transfer, but you got to feel good when everybody was literally saying that this is the top quarterback in the league and he only got dropped down to the third round. And the next guy that was picked in the first round was like Kenny Pickett. And everybody else was just kind of like a, a knee-jerk reaction. Like Desmond Ritter, I'm going to say it now, and forgive me because I know you were a former Cincinnati Bearcat fan. I know that Andrew is supportive. This is AAC alum or CUSA alum. I forgot which conference everybody is in there. But Desmond Ritter had an opportunity to go to the big time when he played against Bama, and I don't think they scored a touchdown. And Bama's defensive players all kind of got drafted. So that tells me all I need to know there. The pomp and circumstance of, like, I'm not going to leave Tyler Winter Super Bowl. I'm like, good luck, kid. I think you really capped out potential playing in Cincy. But I'm just being petty. I was happy to get Malik Willis. I was also very happy to get Hassan Haskins. And for the few times I did watch a Michigan game, um, he was a running back going from there. We need to spell Henry. And then we got Kyrie Phillips from UCLA to be, I guess, the other receiver. So Charles is satisfied now. But day mm-hmm. one was traumatic. I don't think I could ever do a draft day ever again. Um, this is a stops. I will do it, of course, for obligation. But this is a stop still draft for us, Francisco and Andrew, because – Whereas we're kind of near the end of our peak, 
and then we have to build towards the future. I, I'm saying it right now on the record. Date it May third, two thousand two or twenty twenty two at seven twenty one p.m. I am not scared of old ass Matt Ryan on the Colts. Mm. I am not scared of the Jaguars. Don't play me on Houston, man. They might get something done in the next couple of years. I'm just saying. But the window of this regime is ending. Now we're trying to build the window for the next regime. Mm. And then, of course, Baltimore always has competent drafts, whatever. Oh, and I just wanted to tackle. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a, or that was the exact thing. I just wanted to tackle. <laughs> Remember that. Uh, Andrew, you were modding on that night. Correct. Uh, any, I guess, any sort of. Uh, notable things that happened on on the board that day any any notable comments or like everybody flipped out with the AJ Brown going to uh to Philly I wasn't really I wasn't really following the users I was what I was doing is we have we uh, we have a thread uh that we post hmm. and what we do just for the first round is we update it pick by pick. So we say, I I forgot who got picked. Or where did Aiden Hutchinson go? You went to Detroit, second round. We'll gra- or second uh, we'll, pick. Second, second pick. Sorry. Yeah, and Mich- from Michigan goes to Detroit. It was kind of like a no-brainer. Right, we say, we just have like a little logo. It says Detroit, pick, is this player what school did he come from and what was his position so we have a little kind of chart that we just update pick by pick so that Mm -hmm. was my duty uh so i wasn't really following along with what everyone was saying um so i can't really can't really say what the the pulse was but i didn't see any sort of emergencies popping up so i assume everyone was fairly well behaved okay uh, um, I guess we do this. There's probably one Titan fan in Reddit, apparently. It wasn't me. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. So there's, uh, and I just, I kind of want to see if I can find this information. But a- anybody from, I guess, what, what, you're the UCF guy? From UCF. Of, we of, had you know. one guy drafted, defensive tackle Kalia Davis, went to San Francisco. Yeah, um, that's fair. I think he would. He got drafted, I believe, in the sixth round. I think he would have gone higher, but he tore his ACL about halfway through the season. So naturally, that's going to turn people off, uh, make them a bit more wary. Um, but if he gets back to health, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, and I know San Francisco, and again, I don't know much about the NFL. So I just kind of go by what I hear, mainly from urinating tree. <laughs> um, yeah, he was a good follow that night. Um, they have some dude, Nick Bosa, right? Uh, yeah, you should know Nick Bosa just from college days, man. From like two years ago when he was at um, Ohio State. Well, I forget what team he's on, but... Yeah, he's on the 49ers. So, and he's an edge, correct? Yeah. Yes, and they could use somebody up the middle to kind of help out because they don't have much on the depth chart. So yeah, Kalia will absolutely help if help there, especially if his knee gets back to hundred uh, percent. We had a few guys that went UDFA. Um, hmm. I don't remember who exactly. Uh, we had a hold on. Charleston Rambo went to Carolina. 
I'm just saying that our wide receiver, the only guy in Miami worth noting, in my opinion. Um, let me see. Here we go. Yeah. Thank you, Orlando Sentinel. Uh, we had four guys go UDFA. Um, and I think one other person got uh, a tryout. We had oh, son of a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Every time. You ran out of free I, trials. I, as, as a journalism major, I understand the need for paywalls because otherwise all news would go dead. Um, it's still annoying nonetheless. Um, so we had Cole Schneider. He went to the Packers. He is Ooh. an old lineman. Um, which, funny enough, uh, one of uh, Green Bay's, if he's not in the Hall of Fame, he should be. Do uh, you guys know Josh Sitton? Yes. UCF alum. Really? So, so Cole is going to be kind of the next generation of Packers O-linemen from UCF. Uh, Big Cat Bryant, who transferred in from Auburn this past year, his last season, um, is going to the Cowboys. He is a linebacker. Um, well, no, no, no. He in college he was a he was an edge, but they're likely going to try and move him to uh, linebacker because he's a bit small apparently for the position. He's six five two forty five. Um, we have Brandon Johnson, a wide receiver. Um, going to Denver, and then you have Marcus Tatum, who was a tackle, um, going to uh, Jacksonville, offensive tackle. So, you know, hopefully he can give Trevor Lawrence a little more time to pass and not get completely shredded. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, this was a relatively small class for us. Uh, we had... I think five guys drafted a season or two ago. Um, this time we only had the one, but that was not that was not unexpected. Uh, we'll have a few more guys in the pipeline in the next couple of years. Okay. Uh, but yeah, relatively kind of non uh, non impressive uh, mm. draft for us. Well, and I think. I think I think FIU got a few UDFAs, but I don't think anyone was drafted, um, or at least some tryouts. Let me check. So, well, it's cool to be able to say this because um, I, I followed a lot of these guys, uh, having covered FIU for RCFB, and I don't explicitly cover them. I'm not. Our, uh, RCFBs. I, I don't know if you guys yeah. notice. Uh, Freddie's uh, Freddy's on. So what's up, Freddie? Oh, Freddy. Welcome hey, to the Freddy. new studio. <laughs> I don't think he saw it just yet, but uh, yeah, we got we got some new uh, digs. We got some new digs. So I'm. Uh, I just want to reiterate. I'm not. F. I'm not the FIU correspondent for RCFB. It's just. FIU in an unofficial to... capacity, you kind of are correct. I I technically cover anything in South Florida, um, but since FIU is 15 minutes down the road, 
and as it stands, they don't really have a lot of people in the media covering their games. It's kind of like a match made in heaven. Mm. Uh, so we had so FIU had two guys, uh, Devonte Price, a running back, um, and then we had uh, he signed with the Colts, UDFA, and then you had Tommy Heatherly uh, staying in Miami to the Dolphins as a punter, UDFA. Now Francisco, as a Dolphins fan, I don't know what your punter situation is. But Heatherly is really T- take a look really at the chat as well, uh, uh, just to see what Freddie's uh, commenting. No Borschlager. What do you cover with? No Bortenschlager. Yeah. No KZ though. Yeah. Well, you know, that's too easy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dig it, Andrew. It's okay. I mean, what do you cover it with? Um, I mean. Listen, I get it. His leg wasn't injured. You know, he, at least least from what I know about how teams treat quarterbacks, he really had a not a great chance of catching on anywhere just because he's so small. Mm -hmm. He's under six feet, and he's probably maybe 200 pounds. Um, so, I mean, it was going to be a long shot anyway. Who knows? He, he could still catch on somewhere, but it's not likely. Um, and I, 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 I'll be, I re I'm realistic when I can be, when I want to be, which is pretty often usually, but his odds of getting into the NFL were slim as it was. He... I mean, his system was great under Scott Frost. I mean, the dude can sling it like nobody's business. Um, his release is unlike anything I've ever seen. It is so quick. Um, and he is incredibly smart as a quarterback. But unfortunately, he's small. Freddie, we loved having the FCF. Absolutely. Do you FCF think that- is football. It's football. It's a new spring league that started. It's unlike any of the other spring football leagues. But well, what about the USFL and the, um, I guess the new one that the Rock XFL? It's the XFL. Yeah. I think the USFL is starting already. Yeah, it's already. No, they've already. The USFL is already kind of ran, and I'm sure Freddie's going to comment about the. I'm sure he's he's taking a look at the USFL. Um, it's running I, uh, all from Birmingham, Alabama. Which I guess makes sense, saving money and stuff like that. And they've had a few, yeah, three weeks into the USFL. Um, I think they've had a few uh, somewhat highlight real things. But once more, it's a leak for uh, guys who are just trying to make it onto a uh, you know, practice squad or NFL roster uh, or something will, like that. I will say this, though, about the USFL. The, um, the Birmingham Stallions... Uh, one of their wide receivers is a former knight, Marlon Williams. He's during the Frost and Hypel eras. Um, and actually, now that I think about it, the uh, Malzahn era as well. We've had a lot of Swiss Army knights. Otis Anderson, rest in peace. Uh, 
Marlon Williams, and oh God, I forget his name, but we have a new one. We seem to have one guy who is who's a running back technically, but they can play wide receiver. Uh, very much a hybrid position. Um, so Marlon was one of those Swiss Army knives for us, and he's just balling right now. So, but getting back to the main point, uh, what you were saying, uh, I think he could be successful. I mean, if he plays somewhere, if he's given a shot, he'll do well. Uh, from all indications, his leg is fine, which is a miracle. Um, I think with the USFL or the XFL or even FCF, um, the competition is a little bit smaller, um, a little bit less. So I think teams would be more willing to give him a shot there. Um, who's the former FIU QB? Yeah. Maca- Alex Magoo. 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 I don't know. Mr. Magoo. <laughs> um, could be Magoo. Yeah, Magoo. That doesn't surprise me. He was picked up a few years ago um, by the, not the Jets, uh, the Seahawks. Um, See, so yeah, I, could, I could see him also a former FSU guy. Uh, so, yeah, I could see... Casey getting on in one of those leagues. Um, I think wherever he goes, he would be successful. Um, but ultimately, I think where he's really going to make his money uh, and impact is going to be when he becomes a coach. Not if, but when. Um, because he he's, he's so smart as a, as a quarterback. Um do you so think whoever, he has the potential to, if he's not going to be a coach, um, could be like the Chris Winkie of after college where he's basically training these guys into a combine, having the football uh, prep that comes into and get paid big money to tell guys how to fix their mechanics, even though they were not successful at the college level. Or I'm not in the college, but on the professional level. You could see that. Um, you know, his big thing, what I've seen a lot of issues or – a lot I've heard a lot of issues quarterbacks have is they have these long looping uh, throw, uh, long looping uh, windups, um, which is supposedly not good. Um, but he, somehow Casey is able to put unbelievable power behind his throws and with basically zero windup. So he could absolutely help there. Also, the, the mental aspect of it. I mean, if you're a guy who nearly lost your leg due to amputation, was able to come back, not just to be able to walk, but to actually play meaningful m- minutes in college football games, you've got some mental tenacity unlike any other. Um but even before that, he was just so smart as a player. I keep saying that, I know. Um, but, yeah, I, he could absolutely be a, a coach, uh, a, a uh, 
whatever you called it. Okay. Um, all right, so we're at, let's see, we're, we're a half hour in, what, 7.37 right now. So I just want to give you guys a time. I'm trying to be better at this whole, like, getting us to uh, know where we are time-wise. Um, uh, one guy from Florida State got selected, uh, Jermaine Johnson the second. So yep, and rusher 32 for the Jets. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, going to the New York Jets, unfortunately. So congratulations to him, but unfortunately you play for the Jets. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, so, so they did the the Seminole chop while uh, after uh, he got selected with his whole family there and everything. So yay, hooray! Well, we got a we got a guy, I guess. Um, I don't know of any notable canes because I don't pay attention, but maybe Charles does. Not sure. Uh, I mean, I didn't. It wasn't really a heavy draft class that I remember. All I know is Charles because last year was our year, um, to what I recall, because we had Gregory Rousseau and then. Um, Julian Phillips went to the Dolphins, and Rousseau, I went, believe, went to the Bills. But I don't recall them getting anybody in there. That's why I mentioned Charleston Rambo, who played well for us on the football team as a wide receiver. I think he had 1,200 yards. Um, you know, last year was going to it, but he was an undrafted free agent. And it's weird where you can see numbers that seem like they pop out on the college level and then when you're reading these supposed professional football analysts grades on your guys they go they go to rambo and they're just like oh he's a tiny guy can't get really big or anything like that and um all this other stuff and he's just not the guy coming into where he's undersized i'm like yeah but he had like 1200 yards maybe he knows how to run routes maybe he's a system guy um whatever um the only one that was picked in the actual round was in the seventh round to the packers jonathan ford defensive tackle so that might be a guy who gets bounced around, but I think we all three of us agree. I feel for a defensive tackle because it's such a not a high demand position that you could literally be undrafted or in the low rounds and still make a successful football career. Um, you know, you you I think you get more opportunity. So even going to Andrew's guy, um, even though he might be playing behind Javon Kinlaw and a few other guys on that line, if you're a big fat boy and you know how to stop dudes from running up the middle. Or if you get some speed and explosiveness, you'll have some good chances. So good luck to both our guys who are drafted and then undrafted. Okay. Uh, let's do a quick score update right here. Uh, Boston's up 42-25 against Milwaukee right now. 6.58 in the second. Then Golden State-Memphis play later on tonight. Golden State won the first game. A very close game, but still they won the first game which, uh, I don't know, doesn't bode well for Memphis. Of course, Draymond got thrown out of the game for... Oh, mm-hmm. let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this real quick. Going so, straight to basketball. I can live with this. I, I'm, I just want to talk about... I mean, I just looked up the score. I just want to talk about this real quick. I mean, we don't have to go deeper until later on, but just the, the whole Draymond Green uh, getting thrown out for the flagrant uh, foul. And we're, we're going to look at it now uh, and, and get some freaking opinions here. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, Draymond I mean, is Draymond. Jay Crowder just like need Luca <laughs> straight in the balls, yeah. like WWE style. So anything, if that didn't get ejected, and that was intentional, yeah, you you can see guys from your peripheral vision, but grabbing a jersey, whatever. Yeah, I, I he grab. I think he grabbed it. Um, he grabbed it. There he was grabbed grabbing. it. I mean that that that's that's a, a legitimate him trying to make the foul, uh, but he didn't. I mean he could have, he could have not helped it because he he knew what he was gonna do. 
and he knew that he would have to soften it up by making sure he doesn't land too hard on the on the floor so i think draymond has done this calculated but i just i, I feel like he didn't prepare for that actually being called a flagrant too and, and that's all that it was that's all that it was it, it, it i don't think it's as malicious as many people think because of course draymond's history in the past but it was still a, a foul so, that he was he meant to do so that's where brandon clark's kind of a little punk because if you watched his post game interview mm-hmm. it says well you know i grew up watching him or i've been watching him that's just a style of game not surprised i'm like come on man come on it's, it's basketball yeah there's a lot of bumping and shoving in between everything and on the same day or a day after, I see what Jay Crowder, and we miss you, Jay Crowder. Don't miss you right now. I missed you last year. Did to Luca, and then you have Brendan Clark kind of, I don't want to say it's the uh, the Messiah complex of I am a victim of fake and foul from Damon Green, but there's no support group, buddy. You don't meet on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. through a Twitch stream on a Facebook messenger or on a uh, Spotify messenger or on any kind of messenger that's out there, uh, Discord. You know, it, it's just you go on. I, Alex Caruso would like to have words with you on what is actual dirty play. So we're showing it right now on on the screen here. And yeah, that is a straight up uh, him kicking out and uh, just just landing it right there in the face. Markeith Morris would like to have a word with you. (laughs) You know who you need to talk to? You need to go see, go into your history books from fourth grade, go to Dinosaurs, and look at Parasolophorus, and you're going to see the main instigator (laughs) of the flagrant Mm. Nikola Jokic. And guess who ain't going to stick around? Jokic. Because he's trash. You're extinct. (laughs) Just like the Parasolophorus. Yeah. Uh, We we haven't seen... We we didn't even talk about the fact that they're not there no more. They're extinct. Yeah, they got job and sweep you know trying to do too much huh oh man so uh so that's uh happening as well let me go to the other scores here uh nhl uh, tonight right now the panthers and the capitals are happening right now it's going on Uh, you can see it on our screens here in the back but uh whatever you know an express written consent of major league baseball whatever you want to say uh so we've got that happening and uh, later on, right now, also the New York Rangers and the Penguins are happening. The Rags are up one nothing right now in pit uh, against uh, in Madison Square. So why does everyone call them the Rags? I don't get that. I mean, I think it's just a shortened way of saying the Rangers. You know, oh, the Rags. Uh, sure, broad, Broadway blue shirts. It's long, longer. No, and yeah. See, it doesn't make sense. So and Broadway blue shirts is is a little too long as well. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, the rags, well, and then why do you have people like abbreviate Rangers. I don't know. I, they're from New York. I don't know. They're your people, man. You figure it out. <laughs> I mean, New Yorkers don't abbreviate. We really just enunciate every damn syllable. I, I think they, <laughs> I think we actually, and mind you, I have the the terrible portion of being from New York and then going a little southern when I moved to Polk County. So then when the Yipin and Yan come in, it's worse. But I think we would literally be like, all right, how many syllables does it have? How much can we elongate it to? It's mm. right up there to the Boston accents. Uh, later on, Colorado and Nashville out in uh, Denver, and then Dallas versus the Calgary Flames. And 
Then we got baseball happening. Man, the Marlins are losing again. Sheesh, man. We had a freaking seven-game winning streak, and now it's just like, yeah, you know what? Let's just erase all of that and have a three-game losing streak. Seven games? Yeah, well. Amateurs. Amateurs. You know, we're, we'll get to. Th- you know what? Let's do it now. Let's have Charles' Stroke Fest happening right now, okay? Uh, Major League Baseball standings right now. And they had, uh, let me let me go on to, uh, on to Twitter here. And we'll, we'll stop showing Luca getting kneed in the balls real quick. But uh, MLB had their power rankings uh, today. And we're just going to go to that right now. Um, uh, that's Ben Verlander's. Uh, we don't care. Uh, I'm looking for Major League Baseballs. Here we go. So this is the power rankings. Actually, no, this is from a week ago. What are we doing, Major League Baseball? Where's the new ones? Sheesh. Uh, Twitter, you need to get better with your search engine i just want to search for the one thing that you guys showed me like 10 times this morning and i couldn't get away from so uh it'll be there i'll find something you know what let's just screw it we'll just look at freaking ben, ben verlander's freaking name just verlander's brother he, he's got the the top 10 here his the new york yankees at, at the top the new york mets behind them and then the toronto blue jays the la dodgers the Angels, the Giants, the Brewers, the Padres, the Twins, and the Cardinals. I don't know how the Twins got there. Uh, I don't believe in any team in the American League Central. Um, and, and so, yeah, and, and Charles is, is gloating because uh, what's what's it now? Ten games? Is a ten-game winning streak, Charles? Is that what's happening right now? a real team, too. What, the real team? Like the Kansas City Royals? No, no, we, we, beat the, um, we beat the Blue Jays last night. Oh, yes, yes. A division rivalry. The Blue Jays, that, that was what's happening. Um, where's the power? Uh, uh, gosh, man. Let me put latest on MLB power rankings. Maybe that, that'll show up. Because I think the Rays yeah. actually popped up on there, too. Well, the Rays are getting back into the stroke of things. So yeah. the Yankees love fest. I, I wasn't about it because you beat the teams that you're expected to beat when you're playing with Kansas, when you're playing um the Orioles like 20 times in the first 30 games of schedule mm. what have you so you're you're expected to win those we haven't we split the series with Toronto but we beat them last night now it kind of matters because formulas but why I'm getting a little excited why the stroke fest is happening I've had many Rizzo Jizzos in the course of the season starting because the man has nine home runs three of them came in a single game Aaron Judge is you know putting on the work because he has eight home runs and he didn't have to do a multi-homer game and then more importantly, and this is the reason why, guys, I think I'm kind of coming back into gaming a little bit because I was in a deep depression. I've been able to give some cold jobs, not one but two. And I mm. think my game meter is associated to cold jobs. I'm almost certain <laughs> about it. I, 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 I thought about it because I didn't get into Metroid Dread until, you know, a certain Garrett Cole got the job done so i can get the job done it's like that episode of south park where cream fresh or cream fresh cream fresh yeah well randy just can't do it and sharon's like can i try something and then randy's like i don't want to cook anymore that's how i feel instead of like being down and pressed and trying new things i just see garrett cole and to remind people what's the rule of a cole job one run or less in his pitching unless he's pulled early for injury so it was bad and then they came good and I became fulfilled. Mm. Yeah, so oh, yeah. here's MLB's power rankings right now. They have, they still have the Dodgers at number one. Uh, New York Mets at number um, two. And then the New York Yankees at number three. Then Toronto, San Francisco, Milwaukee, San Diego, uh, 
Tampa, Angels, and then the Cardinals. So that's that's the current MLB power rankings. I, I can't fault. I mean, I can see the Cardinals uh, bringing up the rear. That makes sense to me. Um, Angels have done well to start the season, which is uh, maybe this is the year they actually get it together, expand their playoffs and everything, and Mike Trout can actually uh, get another shot at the postseason. Uh, the Name Razor. me a guy besides um, Christian Yelich on the Brewers when you get to that, hmm. and then then they'll come all together for you. Yeah, uh, Minnesota and Milwaukee are leading the division right now, but I guess people don't believe in Milwaukee or, or Minnesota as a as a top tier team. Gosh darn it, man! The Capitals are up one nothing. Uh, damn it, Brobrovsky, get Knight in there. Uh, <laughs> okay, well. Uh, uh, that threw me off, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm completely sorry. Andrew, you're putting these hexes on us with the President's Trophy, making me think about it. Now, now I'm worried. Now I'm scared. You got punished by losing five to nothing against what? The Blue Jackets? Was that who you guys played? Montreal. Or Toronto? Montreal? They yeah. go, I, I'm a Brad Marchand guy. Okay? Mm. So our, our beloved Boston Bruins, all right, we, we were down against a bunch of jerks in the Carolinas, but... I support you guys. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, the, whatever. Uh, hold on. The, the review. I don't know. We'll 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 look at that. Um, and yeah, the Yankees are looking good. They're a likable team, and I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Okay. I, don't, I don't like that that Stanton's there, and I want him to be happy. You know, yeah, Anthony Rizzo is such a likable guy. Right? Yeah, baby. We're, we're part of the dog club now. You have Nasty Nestor out there yeah super mario nester yeah so and then but you know what's best about all this boston hmm. really sucks and it makes me happy <laughs> that's true. trevor story does not have a home run at all they're I only one out, game like, ahead of baltimore right now oh it's so good and here's the thing about boston and that whole organization they're impatient as a motherfucker we're talking about from Dave Dombrowski. Oh, I, I don't even know if he's still on. No, he's he's no, he's he's the Phillies he GM. Yeah, he's the Phillies GM now. But whoever their new guy, they, they switch dudes so much now these yeah. days. Um, but and I know it's Heim Bloom or something like that. I, I think it's that current guy. But you have guys in contract years. You have the fan base who had high end expectations. You signed the shortstop that everybody wanted. That was not Carrera. And nothing is coming of ilk. Your pitching is ass from the front to the back end. And it just makes me so happy because I'm on this hate train of Alex Cora can't manage a ball game. So my intent and goal is from them going to what they were second place in the East last year to be just as bad as the Orioles at the end of the season and to get Cora fired because revenge pain maker tour did not work for you people. When it comes to shifting the Boston Red Sox, really it's not the Boston Red Sox, but Alex Cora. But this year we're on the Hater Nation holleration in this dancery um, tour. And part of that is going to be just hating on everything. Dave Chappelle, haters ball. I hate you. I hope all the worst things bad happen to you. That's going to be that man that I'm bringing in that energy for against Alex Cora. So I'm loving every bit of it. I think Trevor Story is a wonderful human being. I don't, I hope to God he doesn't hit a single home run. At all of this season. I hope all the bad things happen to Alex Cora and his managing and officiating of this team so he's fired. That's how intense it is. Is, mm. it, is that being petty, Andrew? You've been quiet. Is that petty or do you agree <laughs> with me? 
I mean, anything goes when it comes to rivalries. So the only thing that I say it goes too far is wishing injury upon someone. Well, I haven't said injury. Though we did have a debate on that. I'm just speaking speaking in general. Um, As long as you don't wish injury upon them or say anything about their family, I think anything goes, in my opinion. I I think that's what we should do for a debate segment because Mm -hmm. we did have the group chat. We'll do it on a different show uh, or a different different episode. But remember the group chat where just like injuries really – it's just a more of a pop and circumstance. Like right now, if Alex Ovechkin got injured or was out for the entire series, I'd be happy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's all fair and love and war until Mm -hmm. it actually happens. Like if Joe Burrow only tore his knee – I don't care how we get the cup. Just get it somehow. I don't I think it also depends on the severity of the injury. And I think there's also a difference between <laughs> like the orbital bone of play- Joel Embiid. I think there's a difference being happy that a player is absent. And I think you can be happy that a player is absent, but sad and feel bad about them having an injury. Especially yeah, the Joel Embiid situation for us. I mean, th- that's just my take. I'm sure a lot of people think you can't separate them. Mm-hmm. But my my feeling is that saying I'm happy that he's gone is one thing, but saying that I'm happy that he's injured is another. Do you okay. follow? Yeah, yes. no, I get you. Yes. He'd be gone for the game, not the season. Or the series. No, the series. I can be happy that he's gone for the series. I mean, uh, you know, there have been times where I'm like, you know, Thank goodness this player is not going to be playing against us. I mean, uh, I'm sure you felt that yesterday between the the Leafs and the and the Bolts, and you guys got spanked. Yeah, but this one guy is getting a one game suspension. Um, so like I'm I'm bummed that Ross Colton had to get injured a little bit. He he ended up staying in the game, which was, you know happy about that um i would be less happy about the situation if the guy if colton was seriously injured um but you know i'm happy that this guy got a suspension not only because of the leafs by the way that's what you're mentioning who got because fuck that guy that (laughs) could be rough in a series it's another thing to board the guy from behind into the glass like that's can't do that shit um like if you watch the clip i know maple leafs fans are like i'm telling andrew i've 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 I've, 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 building this up leafs fans don't deserve anything nice okay i know they don't i know they don't but just from a i'm just saying also that the their maple leafs fans are trying to defend the play it's like no you can't defend that if a if a lightning player so here we go i've got it on the screen here so here's the play right there right there i wouldn't be defending him yeah and there there it is i don't know if you guys saw it right there it came in from the back and uh just as the the camera's moving but I mean, yeah, Colton it's, is it's, absolutely 
completely it's shaken. For, it's fortunate that Ross didn't get injured because he, he and imagine well he has to wear a visor now, but nonetheless doesn't matter. He got face planted into the glass. He did. Behind. There is some blood on him on his nose. There was a cut on his nose. So here's the play. Um, here comes Clifford coming up and he's completely vulnerable in, in this position right now. Um, and it's especially ugly when you see it here. Hold on. Let's see if we can get a nice, uh, like if a, I'll just pause if a bolt, real quick. So if a bolt player did that, I'd say, you know, go fuck yourself. Here's Clifford in full stride, by the way, full stride. So it's not like he was next to him and just kind of gave him a shove full stride towards them. Uh, Clifford gets the puck out of the way right there. So he's just shooting it towards uh, the other end here while all these other guys are battling for the puck. So he's here he is. He's not looking. Clifford, the puck's not there at this point. Clifford is still in full stride. He's still going to lay the hit. And he does right there on the numbers, by the way. Right on the numbers. Right into the into the glass and on the board right there. So, yeah, that was an especially egregious hit. And he did uh, smash his nose on his visor. Um, Ross Colton did. So yeah, this is a good call, a good uh, one-game suspension. Uh, I think had Colton been more seriously injured, it probably would have been more. I agree. Probably would have been more. I mean, I'll I'll take it one game, and apparently he's a, a guy that's important to the team. He's one of their tougher guys. So you know, I'll take any kind of suspension that they dole out. But you know, thank God that Ross wasn't more seriously hurt. Um. Because he is very important to our team. He's one of those guys that gets the really grimy, nasty goals. Um, he, he gets himself into a good position to get passes into the slot. Um, he was actually the guy that scored the game-winning goal in game five of last year's uh, Stanley Cup. Um, as a rookie, no less. So, you know, I'm glad that he's fine. Um, but yeah, seriously, if, if, a, if a Bolts player did a, did a, a hit like that, I, I would not be happy with him whatsoever. And again, another thing is there are a lot of Maple Leafs fans who are cheering that and are wanting Bolts players to get injured, which again, if you wish injury on, again, it's one thing to wish that a player is out of the series or the game. But it's another thing to wish them actually being harmed. And I think anyone who wishes harm on a player, they can also go fuck themselves. Yeah. Um, so let's let's take a look at, the, speaking of dirty, dirty plays in hockey, uh, did you see this one with Jared Spurgeon from Minnesota? Oh, uh, by the way, one thing before I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that tweet that you did the other day from the Sports Juice account after the Cats beat the the Maple Leafs? <laughs> well, yeah, I I removed it. Don't worry. <laughs> I but I want to say for the record, I 100% agree with the sentiment. The sentiment. <laughs> I see. I knew you would come around. You know, this is this is the other version. Evil Andrew. This is a different version in the Andrew version. Andrew. That's the thing. Now we just call it multiverse, Andrew. (laughs) I I am a different person when it comes to the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, you got you got a shout out during the whole. uh, So we encourage everybody to listen to the live draft episode because I thought that was hysterical. But I think that's when we're reading the messages about Hispanic Andrew. Yeah, we'll call him Suave Mente Andrew. We're uh, (laughs) I I still have to uh, the audio version. I still need to. 
post it on there as a bonus episode, but yeah. I will. I'm just going to cut out the part where I was alone and just get when you pop on because that's when it was most interesting and we just go through my uh, my DoorDash account and everything like that. Uh, but it was it was fun. We were reading off, yes, the uh, <laughs> Latino Andrew uh, version. Okay, so here I, I just want to highlight this real quick because there's another dirty hit that happened at the end of a, of a blowout by St. Louis over Minnesota. So uh, look here on this plate. So that's that's the captain of the Minnesota Wild, Jared Spurgeon. Uh, he's just uh, moving the puck, clearing it there. And as you can see right here, plays over. The puck's nowhere near him. They're losing by a ton. They're at home. And obviously he's pissed off at, at, the, at the, the outcome of the game so far. And this it wasn't even like this. the St. Louis player was coming in. Uh, he wasn't even laying a hit on him. He was trying to play the puck here. And he, this guy just clears it. And then Spurgeon, just in the heat of the moment, just angry, angry at everything in life, cross-checks this man's ankles right there. Just full-on, mm. full weight on the stick. And, and, and by the way, you're wearing your pads, but your pads aren't really uh, uh, your, your shin guards. Um, That's a lot of wood, man. Yeah, I mean, or it's composite, also, you know, composite stuff, material. It's hard. It's if you've, if you've ever held a hockey stick, it's it's not it's not fun to get whacked with one of those things. Let alone some guy putting his entire weight on it, trying to break your ankles. Um, and and that part of your and luckily the skates are very protective. They're they're very hard in the back. Uh, and, and but your your shin guards aren't really protecting really the back of your uh, your calves. As much as the front, so yeah, uh, he felt that obviously, but he's just kind of looking at him like, "What? The, what the hell?" Because this is a this is a very intentional. Uh, this is intent to harm him. Like he's trying yeah. to get him to be injured right there. Okay. Like that's that stings. He might have rolled his ankle just a tiny bit, but could you imagine that could have been a lot worse? Well, you're literally trying to cripple the guy. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. All I need to see is one mobster movie. To know what that bat's gonna do, mm. you know Johnny ain't gonna watch no more. Um, so are they even? Gonna, here's the thing. This is my question, and this is me being a. So um, far, I, I, I don't think there's been a, a decision just yet on this uh, for this suspension. Okay. So I, I don't know if it. I mean, it might just be one game if the other one got one game. I, yeah. I, I would assume it'd just be one game. Yeah, because it, it's just one of those things where that is pretty intense, and I've already been hurt by league officials not doing the right thing when there's a clear act of violence. Or he was NBA he was world. fined actually. He was fined five thousand five thousand dollars. That's all he was mm-hmm. fined for. That was it. That it, it, he was just fined and I guess not suspended. So for being a brat. So there you go. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. That deserved, that deserved a suspension. Yeah. At minimum. That, and, and he may not have a history. I don't know. I don't know anything about the Minnesota Wild, much like I don't know anything about the Milwaukee Brewers, except for Yelich and, and uh, I, don't, I forgot that pitcher's name, Hater, whatever. But aside from that, I, I don't know much uh, about Minnesota. Uh, I know uh, Mark Arne Fleur is there. And that, that's so all I got there. a question for you guys. And, and uh, Kiprasov or whatever, the, the freaking defensive phenom over there. Kaprizov. Yes. Kaprizov. <laughs> uh, quick question for you guys. Nothing related to hockey. 
Do you feel that PowerPoints need continuous title slides, even if it's a continuation? <laughs> because I really think it's kind of pretentious. Oh, Sorry, I, I was laughing for the for the lack of segue. Can you say it again? <laughs> but do do you despise PowerPoints for having a continuous header that just say like continued? Because I really just kind of want to be like, here's the header, and then it'll be blank. And if you know there's a new section we're on or a subsection, it'll just pop up. I'm uh, look, like, I'm just yeah. saying stylistically, if you're sitting in this with me, I don't think you need like four slides that say information of the process and the next one, inform and continued, inform and continued, inform and continued. I'm just trying to make it as painless as possible. This is a proctology exam and I got big <laughs> fingers, okay? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, unless you want to know if I got big fingers. But um, I, I'm just asking stylistically, marinate on that, think on that. This is a sports show, not a not a hive show of benefit to Charles. Please continue. Andrew, you would know more than I would. Uh, I don't, I well, don't. You, you said anyway. it on PowerPoints, Francisco. Stop being the wuss. I don't, I don't you use PowerPoints. I don't do any, I don't present well, things. Uh, not the thing I present is the show. But as a spectator. <laughs> as a spectator. Well, what, what I do with my PowerPoints is I don't say continued. What I do is I just have the same header for each subsection. I feel that's even worse. I would just be like, no header. <laughs> when something new comes in, you'll see the underline. I don't know. This is, you know, because I got to stand I got Peacock in a little bit. I got Peacock. I ain't no Trevor Story. I'm an Aaron Judge. We hit homers up in here. We, we get big money and big stats. Well, I think this would be... <laughs> I think this is a good time, as any, to go to the middle section. No, to word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you, that we have been enjoying over the last week. So, who wants to go first this week? I went first I'll last go. time. I was very excited last time. I'll go. All right. I'll go because it's it's just time. When I say it's time, it's time because boy howdy. I spent a lot of time on it and it would have been the non-sponsor should have been the non-sponsor, but I can never give any seal of approvals, but until it's done, but you boys know, I have a PlayStation five. I also have a switch. I also got Ramona and I, I went into transition with Ramona where she had inherited a couple of games. I was like, baby, these are my kids, you know, they're just part of the, pa- they're part of the package. It's like, baby, I'm brand new. I, I don't, I don't want to, do some old dusty stuff i only want the newest things i don't want to go to the pawn shop i don't want to go to the you know the rental store i ain't no blockbuster material i'm like but you gotta understand sometimes they're high quality this is my prodigy child i'm entering into the nfl to make more money so i finally beat during our time off horizon um forbidden west the sequel to horizon um zero dawn and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It looked amazing on the PS5. It looked amazing on my Samsung television. It looked even more amazing on the blackest of black and the whitest of whites on the OLED that we had, the OLED, uh, brought to you by LG C1. It's beautiful. Get yourself your own, even now. Sound quality was good, and it was engaging. 67 hours it took from start to finish, because it's one of those games where it's like, no, you just can't play the story. You want to upgrade everything. You want to kill stuff. You want to roam around. You want to see what the West looks like in, you know, Nevada and California and everything of that nature. You want to be engaged by these side quests upon side quests upon side quests. You got to go to these cauldrons. And guys, I put 67 hours in. I know I didn't even complete it to a degree, but damn it, I still got to go and come back to it. But I got the main story done. And I enjoyed it for what it was, a primer. 
because this is the problem sometimes is a lot of things are always done in trilogies these days. I will tell you now, there is presumably going to be a third one in this. It has the suffering of sequel mentality where we up the ante, but we limit the substance. But the graphics were beautiful. The gameplay was beautiful. Story's kind of a mess. I'm not going to lie, especially in a very ham-fisted third act. But I enjoyed being part of Aloy's journey. Continue on. Make me like characters that weren't really kind of there in the first game. You'll improve mechanics don't necessarily need an rpg skill branch all the time this is the problem where we've had an oversaturation of same fundamental mechanics in different games because real recognizes real that we don't create all the individuality this is essentially about human beings in a prehistoric mindset in a modern day future fighting robot dinosaurs and animals we can get behind <laughs> that but you don't necessarily require all these skill sets that you might see in other games in between. It's like Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah, you get all three different flavors, but none of them actually taste like the individual flavor itself. It's just baked. Um, story story kind of holds back a little bit, but I cannot say that if I put 67 hours into a game that I did not enjoy it. I would give it an eight, maybe eight and a half upon revisiting. There might be some DLC. And I could even bump that up to a 0.5 to an 8.5 because I got it for what, boys? Three because that came out it was on sale you got the it was like the last playstation game that you get the free upgrade from ps4 and ps5 so why spend the extra ten dollars when you get the fifty dollar ps4 upgrade and of course my good boy francisco and my good buddy josh and everybody else what do they like to get me for christmas and birthdays psn cards or GameStop cards and what's that you i utilize that so i got a 67 hour game for zero dollars and I got to keep some additional credits, which I use on Kenna Spirits, which might be my new game after Metroid. And I thoroughly enjoyed my time. And do I get a third one? Yeah, there'll be a third one that comes out. Does every game need to be a trilogy mindset? Absolutely not. If you think like Santa Monica Studios that's doing God of War Ragnarok, woof, they're like, we're just going to make a big game and you don't need a third one. My body's ready. That's what I got Remota for. That's really what it is. That's really what I got PS5. But to bring it back to Horizon, because I love the first one. We started it when COVID first occurred. And I was like, all right, I had it for like 15 bucks. Let's do it. It was so original. It was so unique. This takes the originality, uniqueness. It's high sci-fi. And it's a little bit different. Slog through 67 hours, but I didn't feel burnout. It's basically their attempt to do Breath of the Wild. But I enjoyed it. Horizon, Forbidden West. Get it. Get it whatever you can. It'll go down in price eventually. Promo code. Ooh. Um, promo code Hephaestus. Okay. All right. Uh do you want to go next, Andrew? Do you have something? Sure. All righty. Um, this is going to sound counterintuitive because normally, given the current, what they're doing right now, I would say that Netflix, uh, a goon. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But I will say that I, I want to give Netflix kudos for introducing me to the wonderful sport of formula one um they have a show a series which i think just did its fourth season um called uh drive to survive which is admittedly an over dramatized version of uh or look at different uh, formula one seasons but and it a lot of people will tell you that it 
it is over dramatized so it doesn't really accurately represent what goes on behind the scenes that being said it did introduce me to formula one and now that well and thanks to that uh interest well aside from my personal interest interest in formula one has skyrocketed in the united states and a result of that is that the miami grand prix sponsored by crypto.com is coming to is uh this weekend yep uh, yep 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 it's it's practice here. friday qualifying saturday race sunday over in miami gardens uh very interesting they call it a street course but that's total bull um the the only thing street course about it is that they put up the guardrails um but realistically speaking it it was perfectly it was designed it purposely designed um wasn't like using the existing street it's an artificial design it's a it's a yeah it's like a a track mania track or something like that yeah um but i think the funniest thing the funniest thing if you can pull up the i'm on their official the, website right now you can pull up the yachts the yacht section or look up formula uh, miami formula one yachts um the funniest thing holy moly let me look it is so funny gonna go on twitter I'll, I'll go on twitter and see if i can find it andrew can you say yachts for me one more time yacht i kind of i don't know if it's an accent or not but i kind of love how he says it <laughs> okay am i the only one who hears it differently I, i'm i'm not sure i just hear yachts uh you don't hear in, in maybe it's because he's jewish and he do you do so you do that and do you do that a little bit andrew? i'm not sure that, that is a that, oof, you you went there. I did. <laughs> I show you one curb your enthusiasm clip. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Larry David would find this really sure. I'm not offended at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh. So Miami Open or Miami Grand Prix is it the Miami Grand Prix or Miami Open? I don't know. Sure. Miami Open is the tennis thing. Correct. Uh, it's Miami Grand Prix. I'm gonna put Miami Grand, Grand Prix, Prix yacht. or something like that. I look at progress on the Miami Grand Prix's man-made marina, the Yacht Club. This? Uh, yes. Okay. So, what is so funny about that is it looks like water. Yes. Indeed. It's not. It's painted concrete. Uh, yes, because th that's the thing. Okay, so. Um, this this whole thing, this whole charade. We should have had Doug on the show for this one. Uh, this whole charade is they converted the parking lot of Hard Rock Stadium into a Formula One track, but they also need to they so they need to like temporarily make it that, but also remember that they need to also have it be a parking lot during football season. So they can't just literally dig a hole in this, make a, a big giant lake in the middle of a parking lot. So that's why they've done this. I, but, but 
put a freaking inflatable pool in there or whatever. <laughs> above ground pools. Just a line of above like, ground pools. Was, someone made a meme out of it. What they do you guys remember the this viral video where this guy uh, decides to jump onto ice to see if he would break through, and instead he like smacks his head and back, and he just slides. Wait, wait, wait! Hold on. Say that again. Maybe. I'm not sure. Say that again. Oh, this is the the yacht club, and, and it's funny that the computer rendering has it look have like a like a reflective surface and everything, like it's water, when it's not. Uh, hold on. There is just concrete on the bottom there, as you can see the actual yachts. So wheeled in. I guess they just paint the ground blue. Is that what they do? Basically, I mean, closer it. They have they put little darker blue parts. Little buoys just hanging out. Okay. So it it looks like water from up close, but it's not. Um, it's just it's so funny. So, uh, so here's here's the fake water. Um, it's not even, it's not even, it, it, it's, it's like a reflective surface of a very blurry reflective surface to make it look, uh, like it's water. So there it is with the fake little pier that they have out there. But like at that, at that point, if it's going to be that fake, just freaking use something else, make other use of it. It's... Like it is so, and that—that's the other thing. Leave it concrete, yes, but like you know, flood it with some water. Like actually, put some water in there. Uh, you're praising because it doesn't seem very praising for a non-sponsor this time. <laughs> also, I mean, take well, a he was praising Netflix, right? Yeah. Or was he praising? He was praising Netflix, but not praising the Grand Prix organizers, or I guess uh, Stephen Ross. Let's just blame Stephen Ross. Let's just do it, right? Let's blame Stephen Ross. Uh, I, I mean, I can for, get behind that. <laughs> and I also want to talk about how ridiculously expensive the tickets are. I'm uh, looking on. I'm on Ticketmaster right now, trying to find. You're the... looking for for no specific seat. They call it a campus pass. Ooh la la. Mm -hmm. um, where it's basically you can just walk wherever but you don't really get a chance to sit down so it's like a standing room only type of thing more or less you have, if you want to go the full weekend all three days twelve hundred dollars five hundred for the race day four hundred for qualifying day and then three hundred for practice day yeah i have here i'm just looking at tickets i mean if you want to go for one day for a certain time i guess it's you know you can get something for a hundred bucks but if you want to see the whole thing it's going to cost you a pretty penny so and that's kind of like the miami open in a sense 
with uh, with the whole tennis tournament. But but even then, I don't know. I mean, it's it's once a year, right? I mean, they're going to do this next year, obviously, if they spend all this money to do it. So I right. can see why someone who just likes format, like Doug or, or even you now, like, oh, save all money all year and just to, to go to this one event. So I can see that. And it's Miami. It's a trendy city. That's why wouldn't they do it? It's still uh, relatively uh, bearable outside. So I can see why they're, they're such a high price for events like this. Uh, Formula One seems more of a seems more hoity-toity compared to like NASCAR or something. So it's is certainly the difference is. is one's drinking Modelo and the other one's drinking Bush beer? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Although ironically, ironically, despite the hoity-toitiness, the most prevalent sponsor for them is Heineken. Ah, the neutral beer. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but, any, but getting back to my point... Hmm. It's still really cool to be able to say that there is a GP in my city um, that I could go if I could afford it. Um, but it's it, nonetheless, even if there wasn't, it's it's a new sport that I enjoy. Uh, and really, the only reason I, I can say that is because of Netflix. So thank you, Netflix. And also... Thanks to what you're doing recently about commercials and bumping prices, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Evil Andrew is all over the place. Uh, Okay. Um, (laughs) Promo code. Thank you, but go fuck yourself. (laughs) That's definitely the curb gift because it's Larry Hmm. David when he says, fuck you, I'll see you tomorrow. And he slams the door. Damn it. All right. It's, uh, I, I, I'm ta- thanks to Charles. I'm tapping into my 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 id. No more Mister Nice Andrew, or at least less more Mister Nice Andrew. Are you battle hardened Andrew? Is that where we are now? Uh, the Darth Vader of Andrew, Darth Andrew. <laughs> I I'm, I'm starting to. There was an episode of Family Guy a few seasons ago where Stewie accidentally uh, doing a time travel splits himself into two two Stewies, one that is overly nice and like complete scaredy cat and the mm-hmm. other that is the pure evil of Stewie. So basically, you know, the your typical, you know, split personality sort of thing. I'm starting to merge them a little bit. <laughs> That's frightening. Hmm. I'm I'm becoming a more well-rounded Andrew. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, got to sharpen those edges there. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, my non-sponsor guys are the Florida Panthers. Oh, oh. Well, let's see if this lasts for a week, Andrew. <laughs> Let's see if that shit will go from non-sponsored to, like, you know, uh, goon. Yeah, well, well, we'll see. It's one-to-one. They've tied the game. We're at. We're in the middle of the first intermission. We're all good. But uh, this is more of a sentimental thing more than anything else, you know? Um, I, I, and I'm going to go, let's see. Let me see if I can find my... 
uh, thing. But yeah, the Florida Panthers, it, it seems like a cop out. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, I've been thinking about this for quite a bit. Um, I wasn't I was not literally looking around my room trying to figure out what I'm happy about, uh, except for yeah, know, this, this disinfectant wipes. I wasn't doing that. Uh, but um, they're in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Panthers have had a very tumultuous history, even when I only became a fan back in 2011. That's when I started becoming a fan and they made the playoffs in their first season and then drought and then Yager and the crew got a playoff and then drought again and now we're here and and I guess it's like the same thing I felt with the Marlins when they made the playoffs back in 2020 of course 2020 was a interesting year for all of us very very um uh, a lot of things really uh, so it was pretty emotional that the Marlins made the playoffs in that actual year. But, I mean, I've been covering hockey, and I put out a tweet on my Panthers historian thing because that's what I'm doing now. I've got Marlins history, i got Panthers history, but uh, I've been covering hockey since 2013. Uh, and I've been through a, a lot. I've seen a lot of Panthers hockey. Uh, in an official capacity, I've covered the team. And... Uh, I would never have guessed or even thought that a team this like this, an actual juggernaut, could come out of Sunrise. I never thought I never thought that could happen, right? I don't think it could happen with the Dolphins, and I sure as hell really don't know if I could ever see the Marlins be that. So I'm very, very surprised that the Panthers have a team that is literally the best team in the NHL in the regular season, winning the President's Trophy. Um. And I've seen a lot of heartache and, and a lot of people just suffering all the the jokes from people up north. That's why I say, the, you know, Toronto doesn't deserve anything nice because go fuck themselves uh, up there. And that's why I've always pissed off a lot of Canadians when it comes to hockey because Canadians are assholes when it comes to hockey. Um, and, and so I always defend that. Look, I, I defend the Sunbelt teams, right? Tampa and, and, and Florida, especially Arizona. Dallas, Nashville, Vegas, L.A., Anaheim, Carolina, San Jose, all of these teams that play in Southern Belt cities. And we go through a lot of shit when our teams are down and people aren't showing up. But now when we win and we actually have good ownership, look what happens. Look what happened in Nashville. Look what happened in Tampa. You know, L.A.'s been good since Gretzky got there. He was the, the first one. Anaheim's good. Dallas is good, and now the Panthers have good ownership, and now we finally have the team to back that up. And this is really this this is honestly the second year of this team being actual contenders, but this is probably the first year where other people are actually noticing, especially down here. So I'm very happy for everybody that works for the team, um, people that uh, I follow on Twitter that I, I've known work for the team since. Back when I was, I started covering the team, um, and, and longer, uh, people in the parking attendants and and sales reps and uh, marketing team, PR people, uh, broadcasters, executives, uh, and then the players. You know, Huberto and Barkoff and Ekblad and all these guys just went through just a lot of muck just to get to this point, and I'm very happy for them, and I'm very happy that I'm a Panthers fan, and that I actually had the privilege to cover the team in official capacity so it's been decades almost three decades now 
And maybe, just maybe, we finally get our one. Our one, just win the damn cup this one year. Just, that's all we need to, you know, just like that that New York Rangers, uh, when they hadn't won the cup for, like, forever, and, and then they won in 94, that, that big sign one of the fans was holding was like, now I can die in peace. You know, I, I feel like, I feel the same way. So, uh, hopefully they can do it. And, yeah, um, promo code... Bring on the rats. Let me say this. Nothing is more satisfying than being, and I know it sucks at the time, but nothing is more satisfying than being a fan of a team going through a hard time and then seeing them be successful. I mean, for example, with UCF, they had that undefeated, they had that winless season. And then they go and win the national championship in 2017 and go on a 25-game win, win streak. Or Tampa, I, I know it seems like, holy moly, you know, they've been successful for so long. But when I became a fan in 2008, they were that was the year <laughs> that we drafted Stamkos because mm-hmm. we were the worst team, or we were one of the worst teams in the league. Um. And then we were one goalie paddle away from making it to potentially making it to what national championship? Um, oh, making God. The final <laughs> um, I mean, I think there was a, I think there was an alternate world where the UCF actually did win one. Oh, no. Charles, not today. We've got, we've got, we've got uh, evil Andrew on today. So. You know, evil you know, Andrew can still be evil, but facts are facts. Mm, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to let this one slide oof. for the purposes of peace. <laughs> peace. Um, but yeah, no, but it, it's... I had that really down streak, down a couple of years. There, and then, of course, 2018, yeah. when we should have won the Eastern Conference, but then the Capitals beat us just that sucked and then of course 2019 um so it the 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 worse you feel about the situation once it finally ends the sweeter it gets yeah uh charles is of course a yankees fan he's never felt sadness before well, I have. It's been <laughs> ten whole years since. Yeah, I Yeah, ten that. years. Yeah. Well, you gotta well, understand. Well, so, what you guys, what you guys are looking for is just the peak of the valley. I am drenched in the, you know, the glory of the sun. Mm. I was always warm for so long, and then it just faded away from me. Mm. Um, the hard part, I, I say jokingly aside, but the hard part is I was born in nineteen eighty nine. Um, my earliest recollection of sport liking was being a Yankees fan around four or five. And that's when they started the dynasty. The hard adjustment was going from winning what? 96, 99, 2000, 98. Also, 98. And then we get to the losing Yankee fan. And you forgot one of your world series. I barely know how to say my last name. Um, <laughs> but then we go into the losing of the world series, 2001 with the ass or the diamondbacks and then the Marlins. 
after that, and then came the very hard part. That was the real struggle. Or ALCS. Yeah, two thousand. Well, that that was rigged. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> um, like seriously, it's always Yankees and ALCS where it's rigged. Where you have the Jimmy Fallon, who's not even funny, get a super oh movie God. with Drew Barrymore, who's just you know there as you know entertainment for me for for actual. She doesn't get enough parts though. That's why I because I, I remember we reflected back in the conversation. And I was like, I realized she doesn't get casted a lot. She got typecast in Charlie's Angels, and then no one like really see her. And then she did the Netflix show, and they canceled. You think Charlie's Angel on the typecaster? <laughs> well, no, I'm what? saying, I'm saying that that's it. all. She I, I, got typecast as early as Wedding Singer. Well, Adam Sandler, like lockpicks everybody so it's okay or not lockpicks but handcuffs well remember she had trouble you know with drugs she was also an et yeah yeah but that's the thing is hollywood's very much flavor like there's actors and actresses who win octavia spencer's one that they could win an academy award they have shown you that they got the goods but you're just in for that role you'll get an opportunity anyway to bring it to the point because we're really going off far track here um the, the the difficulty on the influx is when you're basking in glory and then you're falling down from the sun, and then you become very cold. Helios ha- or Prometheus has taken the fire away from me. What can I do on that? So I can understand wanting to, because in all my other sports, I don't know the spectrum of success. Being a Heat fan, it was kind of like it came out of nowhere, and it was like, okay, we just have to enjoy this moment while we can, right? Francisco really was the old six you one. Had, or... Yeah, yeah, the old six one, and then well, I'm talking about also LeBron time. Oh, the big three. Yeah, no, just yeah. yeah get, you're just like, yeah. oh, it's basically yeah, that's probably the time with looting and rioting where you know you're going to get arrested, but there's a hundred people doing it. So you're yeah. probably not. <laughs> yeah. And then um, for for Tennessee hasn't won anything last yeah. year was or like two years ago when we went to the AOC championship or three years ago. That was the culmination of my success as being a fan because I didn't get into football until a little bit later having a team. Um so that was harder. So I get it. But also you don't want what I had endured to get that sustained success because you're next on it, Andrew. If it happens, you can only go so long with this window with um, this mm. whole team that you have and then salary constraints, old age and retirements, and then become shunned. And it's fun to be remembering the annals of history for the first 10 to 15 years. But then when they have the lofty expectations, they just forget about you. I hate it, guys. I'm so depressed in life. <laughs> I need Garrett Cole to do things for me. Okay. All right, guys. That's why I'm okay with our very much lack of draft picks because... All right, guys. Uh, Let me interject real quick. Uh, I have to sing happy birthday to my niece. Because that's happy happening birthday. right now. So happy you guys birthday. take over the show for a little well, bit. We, we all do this together. All right. Uh, and we'll we'll go from there. So you guys take over. I, I will be back. Just give me a few minutes. Okay. Let's do a segue section where we can make it fun, Andrew. Um, okay. So hear me out. Tell me, have you ventured into any of the weird wrestling stuff that I have sent you in the chat. Uh, I've not. Ah, oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. Because it's one of those things where I can control the cage, but when you're going to somebody who doesn't know wrestling and all you know is the generic stuff like Cody and all that stuff, and that's fine. But then you get like the really weird stuff that comes in that I might send you guys. And I just like, I bait and I wait and I just stand there and I twiddle my thumbs it's like my way of doing to learn a goof of what a good promo is 
what a good like action scene or even i think i've sent you guys some like move stuff where i'm like holy crap how that person break their neck and i i bring it up because what i'm noticing is that i don't watch the young rock on peacock or mbc universal whatever it is but now they do a lot of flashbacks of old guys in wrestling that he was there for. So they casted like a young rock version of taker, young rock version of triple H young rock version of this guy. So it makes me wonder if that streamline will bring people back to go and watch um, the old WWE days or WF dates or in the attitude era who weren't there for it. They're revisiting, they're doing some fun stuff with it. And then my part that I try to do is when I spam the hell out of you guys, because what happens is if I do my nightly Twitter run, I spam you guys every single thing known to mankind. I'm like, look at this crazy stuff. It makes sense. But I just can't captivate the audience just like how I can't captivate this goddamn PowerPoint. The good news is we're 35 slides in. So I think I'm almost done wrapping it up because I, I put some bullet points in to expand on in combo. But I got 50 minutes. It's usually about a minute a slide anyway. And I go on wild tangents. So we're making progress there. But let me ask you another question, Andrew. And this one is sport-related, not wrestling-related and PowerPoint-related. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. All right. So do you think watching NASCAR, or not NASCAR, but watching F1 would make you even invested or interested in watching NASCAR? Uh, well, I used to be a NASCAR fan back when I was a kid. Mark Martin. Uh, I've learned so many different sponsors from that, like Valvoline. Haveline, uh, all the leans, uh, Texaco. But anyway, um, could you watch it now? No. Uh, I mean, admittedly, a lot of people say that it's kind of lost its luster recently. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other thing is the thing that's interesting about formula one for me over nascar is you have more i get it it's a circuit but it's a circuit with turns and elevation changes and like pit strategies i mean i know you have pit strategy but it seems it's a lot more nuanced than nascar um so that's kind of what makes it interesting as opposed to formula one interesting versus nascar for me at least see i i couldn't get into it when i moved to florida i went to polk county and that's very Four hillbilly four. hillbilly gumption is what i'll say and it got me into it could be one of three things a selection meth which we don't do wrestling which we love and like nascar is the other option and I, I had a neighbor, I don't know if it was Mr. Murphy, but it was more of an elderly guy that we would go, and he was a big NASCAR friend. No, not Mr. Murphy. It was my buddy's dad, Ed. There we go. Um, they loved NASCAR. They had everything there. And then when you would go over and see him on like the, the race games, would it be Bristol or a few other ones, they'd go crazy for it. And I'm like, man, I don't know what any of this is enticing people. Because to me, races shouldn't be long. They're not a sense of endurance. It should be, you know, your video game tempered where it's done in three minutes or less, right? So it would be kind of tough. And then you'd be like, all right, I can get the explosions. But I, if you're like eight and you like it, it's one thing. But I couldn't imagine being 32 
and enjoying it now. But I know there's some people who are, and I just don't know. And I think maybe it's because you're you're appealed to the racers there and the competitors, and maybe you like those people. Like you think about Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dale Earnhardt himself, Richard Petty, um, all that. But I, I don't know if you can ever get me as a casual fan into it. And that's why I'm surprised about the F1. So how did you how what invested you into the F1? Uh, it's a good question. I don't think you talked about it, so I was like intrigued, and now I can kind of do my interviewing process on you. So this is good. All right. Well, give me a second to think about it. Because uh, I think it's like me who got weird like sumo wrestling for a bit. Like there was like two months where I loved it. And then I just kind of forgot about it because it was just something about it. I got curious about it. I saw something on like YouTube. I'm like, huh, I'm going to deep dive the shit out of this. And I'm like, oh, well, in the, in the same vein of how you like wrestling for the drama mm -hmm. um, and how a lot of people like reality TV because of the drama. The, as I mentioned, they really over dramatized formula one and that's really what got me into it initially it was just like wow this is so intense like uh that was initially what got me into it was was that the drama part of it but after i looked into it more you know i learned more about the personalities uh you know the history things like that it, it just kind of hook uh, kind of hooked me and at that point you know even though I don't really care about the the drama of that TV show anymore um, I've been hooked you know yeah all right so basically it's because you end up liking the individual yeah. Or that racer. well yeah I, I'm a I'm a fan of Daniel Ricardo but the the other thing is NASCAR has become so convoluted with its championship system. Like you get wild cards and they're races that are like three portions. Playoff. It's a lot easier to follow along with Formula One. Whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins. See to that I don't even I don't even know. That's what surprised me. I and I think part of that too is you, you rely sometimes in other media to help um, jump up that. Like there was Four V Ferrari, which got people into that a little bit, and then there was another movie with Chris Pine that was about like Formula Racing. Um, I'm gonna Google that. Going from there, Formula One movie, so I'm maybe back. that can jump into it. Not Chris Pine. Um, I was listening to you Rush? guys. Chris Hemsworth. Rush. That was the movie. Yes, you. I hear you. Yeah. Are you guys talking about the difference between Formula One and NASCAR? Well, I want to know what if first off, what got Andrew to like Formula One, and could Formula One translate to him liking like NASCAR? Mm. And then I asked him if he watched any of my wrestling stuff, and he was like, "No, I was very." I feel like the I'm demographics. I don't know. Demographics would be. I don't, I'm not saying I'm not into racing, but I feel like demographics are different between the fans of NASCAR and the fans of Formula One, right? It'd be I, like probably yes. You know. Do you feel that NASCAR has an inherent sense of racism? That's why you can't support it. No, that's not it at all. All right. I mean, 
it, it certainly has a checkered past. I mean, look at how many can they had to ban Confederate flags. Uh, yeah, and uh, the whole uh, uh, Brandon, Brandon thing. Came yeah, from it. yeah, yeah. So I don't think the sport in of itself. I don't think NASCAR in of itself is racist. Just the fan base. But, but certainly the people that follow it have a tendency to be racist. That's that's kind of been the that's NASCAR's biggest challenge is that they lean so heavily on that demographic for so long that there came a point where they they needed to of course capture new fans, right? And mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to capture those fans if you you know you're a minority and you don't feel welcome at a NASCAR event. Or even if you're white, but you're white of a different tendency, and you're definitely not going to be comfortable there with uh, all the uh, uh, sorted sort that hang out at NASCAR events. So it's been pretty hard for them. And as comparison to Formula One, which is like an international thing, right? And you have all kinds of uh, different well, nationalities. Like beautiful looking people driving cars it made me feel you know, inadequate you, i mean you have out. you have a freaking grand prix in monaco you know uh or, or san marino right that, that's another is that the same place am i talking there about one in san marino but there is one in monaco yeah here. like th- these fancy places that only the the you know people with money can get to those areas to watch a nascar race you know i think that's also i think that's also another oh, appeal. formula one sorry because, you know, as a American, America, America. I mean, it's I know, American. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know America is certainly. I think it's. I think it could fit like thirty average-sized countries into our into the continental borders. Right. Um, and considering the differences in climate and topography, like. United States in of itself is like several countries, but could you imagine the different types of Formula One tracks you could do too? Yeah, but like it's much more fascinating to you know see a race in Azerbaijan and then follow that with a race in Monaco, follow that with a race in Austria, follow that by a race in Italy, follow that by a race in Singapore. You know, it's what uh, what was our old segment? Um, like, uh, what do you mean, like uncultured swine? Or well, where in the world was Doug? Well, that <laughs> I guess uncultured swine as well. Dougie uh, San Diego. Yeah, you get to see all these very fascinating uh, places and. I don't know. Just something about that is also appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside is a lot of the races start really early, and I really don't like getting up that early. Um, you know, your typical start time is around nine a.m. Eastern on Sunday, mm. and like, I don't want to wake up that early. <laughs> um, because the races start, I think, around three p.m. Oof, Aaron Judge hit another homer, boys. Panthers are up two to one. <clears throat> uh, but but anyway, yeah, so I think that's part of it. Whereas you've got a race, NASCAR, you've got races in 
Homestead, uh, Talladega, Daytona. Uh, Daytona, it's like, all right, fine. And they're all similar-looking venues. Yeah, look the same. Unless, and the ones that are more exciting are the are the race course tracks where they have to go into the infield and yeah. turns and really stuff. Really, the and only I, one that I, I I like Daytona, of course, because it's Daytona, right? And then uh, uh, Indianapolis because it's historic. Those are the only of note that I can say that I like as far as tracks are concerned. And then the tracks comparatively to other racetracks like monaco's been going on yeah. since 1930 um i'm gonna look and, up uh, a a list of all the uh different formula one tracks oh damn i forgot nxc was doing a pay-per-view thing andrew are you still there yeah okay no, and keep talking. I'm just going to look it up while you while you speak, so we can look at all the places. And don't forget, there are races, there are tracks that have come and gone. Um, the Nurburgring, uh, San Marino, as you previously mentioned. Um, they're they're thinking of bringing back a race that was in South Africa. Oh, this is a cool entry on Wikipedia. So they have the list of the Formula One circuits, and they have all the the different track layouts too. So uh, you got Adelaide in Australia. Now they're in Melbourne. Um, Ain Diab Circuit in Casablanca, Morocco. Ain't Tree. Oh, oh no, these are the ones where they've been, they've been held. So the one that's held the most Grand Prix is the Autodromo. Nacional di Monza in Italy. Yep. And then Monaco's the second one. Uh, then Silverstone in UK. Then Circuit de Spa in oh. in Belgium. Uh, yeah. Nürburgring in Nürburgring, Germany. Uh, v Circuit, I'm not even going to make an attempt to try and say those words. Circuit over in Montreal. <laughs> Andrew's just like, you are butchering these. Autodromo Jose Carlos Pase in Sao Paulo, Brazil. You almost sounded Italian saying that. Hockenheimring over in Germany. In Hockenheim. Uh, Hungering in Hungary. Hungaro ring. Hungaro ring. A Red Bull ring in Austria. That's an easy one. <laughs> in Austria. Circuit uh, de Barcelona, Catalunya in Montmelo. Circuit uh, Zandvoort, Suzuka International Racing Course in Japan. Autodroma. What does the red mean? I'm trying to find what the red means. Current circuits. Okay, so these are the current circuits. Um, that I'm listing off here. Autodroma Hermanos Rodriguez out in Mexico City and Melbourne Grand Prix Circuit in Melbourne. Uh, Bahrain, uh, which we had talked about on the show in the prior with the, that guy with that horrendous crash and he survived because of that halo yeah. ring. Uh, Circuit Paul Ricard. Uh, so that's that's another one. 
uh, Yas Marina Circuit in Abu Dhabi. Um, and these, and you can see, like, we're, especially the ones with water, those always look pretty cool, right? You get all those uh, ocean views. Marina Bay Street Circuit in Singapore, of course, that's going to have some great ocean views. Uh, Circuit of the Americas, which was previously the only American circuit, right, Andrew, until this one? Well, in Austin, there have been other U.S. circuits, but the like only they're... current one beforehand. Um, but now, starting next season, they're going to be adding one in Las Vegas. Oh, oh, that's no, oh, that should be interesting. That should be cool. And they're actually use the strip. Yeah, and then the well, they're calling the Hard Rock Stadium one the Miami International Autodrome. Correct. So there we go. Uh, okay, guys, we're at 144. So uh, I do want to head on over to the cage, but Andrew, you've seen this, but Charles hasn't. And this is this is uh, this has been planned as the newest portion of the of the virtual studio under construction. But now it's 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 been permanently placed. OK, and we're getting ready. Charles, are, are you ready to feast your eyes on a masterpiece? I am ready. All right, Andrew. So. Uh, so so here we are. So welcome everybody to, to the cage. <laughs> welcome everybody to the cage. Uh, I, uh, Charles, Andrew, uh, we can give them a bit of a tour before we actually. I start. actually have that Ric Flair pop in case you guys are wondering if I've never shown it to you. I do have it. Wow, that has been on my desk. Wow, that... I have it right here in front of me. <laughs> So welcome to your new cage. Um, he even has sumo wrestlers, Andrew. It's like he heard us on the go away. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I, I put the two images that you requested and I didn't want it to feel I, I decided to go with like a Victorian theme for it. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, it could be like a, you know, like other wrestling shows and have like the sleek look. I'm like, nah. I feel like Charles uh, talking about these things would need a little bit, uh, an air of sophistication for the contrast between the subject matter. And I felt that was most funny to me, at least. So I felt like you would appreciate that. Uh, We have Victorian chandelier hanging from the top. Uh, Of course, uh, the image of Spider-Man in the wrestling right there. Uh, That's the bone saw, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes, yes, right there. Uh, uh, a New Japan emblem thing that I saw. Uh, uh, El Santo, uh, one of the most famous uh, Mexican luchadors of all time. Uh, some classic Japanese artwork with some sumo wrestlers, of course. Okay, we, we've got an NWO. Uh, was it? It's a WCW uh, mm-hmm. belt, spray painted with the NWO, right? sure you understand the symbolism behind this yes uh you get the tnt belt because it doesn't exist anymore but it's there it exists uh, it exists still oh but it's tbs now right yeah but it's still the tnt title oh, okay the tbs championship i i actually will rel- i will bring that up to speed when my opening comes in mm. uh we've got of course <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, as you can see, <laughs> uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is about to uh, visit uh, our, 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 the Lord Savior of the world there. We're just saying that, you know, of course, he's he's ascended uh, to heaven. 
<laughs> he died on the rapture, baby. Uh, we've got the. Uh, I found this diva because we need to, you know, give one for the ladies. So we got a diva's belt here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a New York Yankees wrestling belt with the core four that. with uh, the false prophet uh, Mariano Rivera, uh, Andy Pettit, and uh, Jorge Posada. So yeah. there you go. With it, uh, I guess me a little tingly in my pants. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and a few other Easter eggs around. Yes. The- uh, below well. that is Andrew's contribution to this, Charles. The UCF one. Well, it's okay because every title. Here's the thing: I can I can address on that. There's your main event title, there's your mid card title, and there's your lower card title, and that's why it's a lower card title. Oh boy! Of course, (laughs) of course, he had a retort. Of course. What Uh, the hell is on the counter? Okay, Uh, and on the far right is one more belt. Is uh, another WCW uh, World. I forgot which light heavyweight championship belt. I'm not sure. They're, they're not their cruiserweight belt, but mm-hmm. it, I think that's what's the far right. I'm talking about on the. Um, okay, the so table. on on the fire uh, on the fireplace, we've got your PS5, yeah. of course. Yes, we've got WrestleMania 2000 for the Nintendo 64. Excellent choice. Uh, WWE uh, SmackDown versus Raw 2008 for the PS2. Correct. WWE Crush Hour for the Nintendo GameCube. <laughs> Didn't play, but now I'll revisit it. <laughs> uh, a Roman Reigns uh, action figure. We love the Tribal Chief. I have the Needle Mover shirt. We and love of, it. Of course, a Nintendo Switch. Yeah. So, there you go. And, and of course, on your table, we've got a Greco-Roman uh, sculpture all the way to the far left on your table mm-hmm. there. Of course, your, your beloved uh, uh, Ric Flair Funko Pop. Uh, the, the other stuff on the table, I don't know. It's like a guy riding a horse. I don't know what was there. You've got a pair of glasses, a little globe there, some some ancient books, right? Because you study the ancient uh, works of wrestling. Okay. Correct. Uh, and, and then uh, this is another one of Andrew's uh, uh, contributions. Originally, because of uh, so many uh, various ways that you celebrate your favorite athletes, it was going to be a bottle of lotion. Okay, I thought it looked like a tub. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tub. It's a tub of spider tack. Oh, that's fine. I, I <laughs> thought we were going to a different kind of R rating, but, you know, different <laughs> sticky substance. But I, I approve of everything of this. Yes. I even like the little chandelier. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, we've got the, 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 the another uh, ma- a much, more, much larger Greco-Roman statue that... It's a bit homoerotic, but uh, you know what? We, we we accept all people of all kinds of orientation and things like that. And then it's just, once again, going to the, the things that we love about wrestling, it's it meat slapping meat, you know? Meat slapping meat. Just meat men being meat. men. Men being men. Meat yeah, women meat. being women, however you want to do it. And then, of course, I got the score crawl embedded into this thing. And, of course, the fireplace. And it's Ramona, so that makes me happy. And it says Ramona as your screen. So this is the cage. This is your new set. And Andrew's going to get one soon. i got to start working on that. He he said for me to surprise him, and i got to figure out where to go with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty much, I have a tear in my eye. Um, take it away. Welcome, everybody, yeah. your weekly Trueplex, The Cage with Charles. Full disclaimer, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It's a stage fight. It's meat slapping meat. 
people chasing championships, establishing their legacies, being the holy hell out of each other. It can also be ballet, poetry in motion, be damned what Billy Graham, the superstar says, I say what I want, it's my show, I do what I can, right? It's about people just not liking each other, which I always enjoy, but also it's a soap opera. Andrew and I talked about it. I got to invested in the drama. TNT, we know drama. You know, CET, we like drama. Um, as you see in my beautiful little highlights, I'll, I'll take a moment to kind of explain championships because we kind of talk from there. WCW, NWO, that was the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. I actually have one in my room hidden somewhere because, you know, I bought like two championship belts when I passed the bar. And then I always love the WCW title. But that's when NWO invaded and Hollywood Hulk Hogan got the title um and spray painted it and that was his own because it was nwo taking over tnt championship what a way to start i think that's how we're going to start it because it's going to be a predominantly wcw no it's going to be a predominantly wwe segment but we'll touch on a few things here because wrestlemania backlashes this weekend i'm still kind of battle fatigued from everything that's happened in the last week or so with wrestling and all that stuff. We talked about the Forbidden Door, but AEW did have a championship change, and it was the TNT Championship on last week's Dynamite with Sammy Guevara, who is now the third time being w, uh, WCW. Got it in the mind. TNT Champion defending against Scorpio Sky in the ladder match. Scorpio Sky wins it. He is now a two-time TNT Championship. So the TNT Championship is really supposed to be like the mid-card title. And when we say mid-card title, it doesn't mean a bad thing. It just means that you're not the main event seed. You might be the guy who opens the match. You might be the person who's in the middle of the match. You might be the person who's invested in the story and segue through. But it's where a lot of your talent and bread and butter situate themselves in there. Because only everybody can be – not everybody can be a main event guy. But some people can be – a majority of them can be the mid-card guy. But the TNT Championship did change hands. It's lost a lot of credibility since Rusev lost it. And, well, he's not Rusev anymore. Forgive me. Miro lost it. Follow us on Twitter, Miro, Charles the True, Dan Frijoles, FJOJR, um, Sports Scoops, all that fun stuff. But ever since he lost that belt, it's just kind of hot potato too much. It was Sammy Guevara who had it. He defended the title several times. He lost it to uh, Matt Cody Rhodes, you know, that Cody, Cody over in WWE. And then he beat Cody again in a ladder match to get it. And then he lost to that man, Scorpio Sky. I battled all the belts and then won it back when he low-blowed Scorpio Sky. And he only defended it one more time after that. Now Scorpio Sky has again. I have not liked how it's been handled um, because titles, you can give people titles. But when you hot potato a championship, especially between just two people or even three people, it might lose its little bit of the credibility. Why does it lose the credibility? Because the person defending it doesn't establish it, doesn't build it, does not build the, fan, the foundation. You could plant the seed, but if you don't soak the soil, the seed just stands still. Um, they need to do better for it. Plus, the title has kind of been through the rigor of being ugly. We don't like ugly championships, boys. We like things that look pretty. And it has done many changes. Part of it was because it was an incomplete championship when it was first announced. And then Brody died. So we kind of gave that away, right? The original to his son. They did redesigns. Darby had for a bit. Miro beat him. Changed the red to the green for whatever reason. Because, you know, it was supposed to be part of his um, Bulgarian heritage and everything like that. Then he lost to Sammy. And then he was like, Sammy, two belts. Yeah. whatever it's still ugly tbs title isn't better either but the tbs title is the women's mid-card championship so that's your differentiation of it i always thought they should just call it tnt dynamite title and put like dynamite sticks because it takes away the oh. sense of ass kissing yeah 
Um, but what do I know? I'm just some schlub who's in a white tee talking about wrestling. Um, but they need to do better with that booking. But as you know, they're in full swing in effect leading into Double or Nothing, which is May 29th, later this month. The big headline match that you need to know about right now is CM Punk versus Adam Hangman Page. That will get its time when it's time. We will speak on that. It will be good. There's other matches that are going on there that will be building into it. Other news, um, and here's the thing. This is this is be interesting. We've been talking about AEW for three years now, right? Now people are starting to leave. Not getting fired, but they're not getting their contracts renewed. Cody Rhodes, he went to where? WWE, making that big money, being a main event look, feel, event. We'll see how long that lasts. But there's been a couple of people who've had their contracts not renewed by Tony Khan, who is the owner and booker of everything. So um, Marco Sutton, who was part of Jurassic Express, didn't get his contract renewed. Joey Janela, who he was named to fame as the indie wrestling over in GCW, which is Game Changer Wrestling. No for the death matches. He didn't get his contract renewed. But more importantly, and this is interesting to me, Stu Grayson of the Dark Order. He teams up with Eva Uno, you know, the Dark Order that had Brody and they were funny and I would send you the being the lead stuff. He was the ball guy with the war paint going on. His contract expired. He's off the AEW roster. They couldn't come to an agreement of money. So you're talking about like a pseudo foundational guy that was kind of there since day one. And Cody left, and we know Cody left because I think bigger money, bigger opportunities, right? Um, but now you're getting other people coming in. What was AEW doing for the last year or so? They were just signing everybody that WWE fired. And if you say, Charles, you're lying. I'm like, no, no, no. Ty Conti, she was a WWE cut. Miro was a WWE cut. Keith Lee, WWE cut. Aleister Black, who's now Malachi Black, WWE cut. Daniel Bryan, let his contract expire to come to WWE or AEW, not WWE. Adam Cole, baby, left WWE to go to AEW. Granted, his fiance is there, Britt Baker, so I understand the competitive interests versus being with your wife 24-7 or soon-be wife 24-7, but you signed a whole bunch of people. You know, FTR, all this other stuff. Granted, you know, it comes and goes. We're going to talk about budget cuts. But, what does this mean for WWE? Because here, here's what I want you guys to consider, too. Tony Khan did what? He also bought Ring of Honor. So you have these expiring contracts, and you can't send those AEW guys down to Ring of Honor because I don't know if it's going to be a connected world, a separate world. I don't know if it's going to be like, um, how's the best way I can explain this to you without losing my masculinity? Shit, I'm going to do it anyway. I used to watch General Hospital, and then they had a spinoff called Port Charles, where sometimes you had cross characters but send the same world. In that sense, are you going to treat it like that? There's no clear out definitions. You know that you have Ring of Honor wrestlers coming on, but Samoa so, Joe. Let me let me ask you just a genuine question. We're at 158 on the show, but I just want to mm-hmm. get a clarity because um, I know WWE has SmackDown. They have Raw, right? Yes. Like those. What's AEW's? I know Dynamite, but that's the thing. It's what is it really right because there's aw dynamite which mm-hmm. is their two-hour show on tnt right and there's aw rampage which is okay. their one-hour show on tbs i'm sorry tbs yeah. has rampage i'm damn it i get confused tbs has dynamite tnt has rampage for one hour but they don't utilize rampage to truly develop current storylines which i think they need to do. they just kind of put random matches in there Right now, they're doing the Owen Hart Qualifying Cup, and the reason why I haven't spoken on that, even though you know I love brackets and tournaments and stuff like that, is because they haven't released the full like competitors, and they're all qualifier events, even though I still have to read and watch, um, well, not read, but watch Hart, uh, Dax and um, Cash Wheeler's match, their tag team partners for our FTR, um, 
they had a match going on and apparently it was amazing. I'll get to it when I get to it. But right now, really, to me, it's still Dynamite and then the YouTube stuff that they put on. Not Elevation or Dark because that that's just dark matches. But they'll do like YouTube promos and things like that, little video logs of being the elite, which will propel the actual mm. storylines, which is kind of mm. tough because it's its own separate thing, probably cheaper on the cost, but not for the ratings, right? So, yeah, because you would have to commit to everything. Like, okay, okay, now I have to log on to YouTube and see all that stuff, you know? And well, I guess... this, is, this is the concern, and this is more of a business sense structure, is that Warner Brothers owned CNT, Warner Brothers just merged with Discovery, so now they're Warner Discovery. What does that mean for the fate of wrestling? Because they're going to still have sports, but Dynamite brings in about close to a million views every Wednesday, and they hit the demos for whatever for what it's worth. I think that Warner and Discovery are beyond that because now they want to see what the streaming services are. I feel that's why Tony Cop bought, bought Ring of Honor, because there's the entire library of a wrestling organization that was around for 15 years. And that could lead to competitive interest of owning that library, letting it be a platform, having subscriptions. And, you know, Warner Brothers are smart people. What they're going to do is they're going to do tiers. They're going to be like, oh, do you want the standard stuff? Do you want the sports stuff? Do you want the all-access stuff? Do you want the wrestling stuff? Boom, 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 boom. Um, that might have actually saved their life support. Because here's the thing about right now with Ring of Honor, they do not have, to my knowledge, a broadcast television right. So Tony Cobb brought something with the library, and then he'll use the platform for AEW for Ring of Honor matches, but there's no weekly television segment for Ring of Honor right now. They used to be part of Access TV or Sinclair Broadcast. No, I think Sinclair owned them, but they used to be on Access, but you don't have that now. So the idea is now that you own jointly, can you put both your shows on a single channel provider to sustain your viability of existence? I don't know what the big networks want anymore because it's changed from 10 years ago, guys, when ratings mattered more, the Nielsen ratings mattered more. Now we're in the edge of the industry of streaming where the numbers are calculated differently. It's not just about how many times you watch it. It might be how many times you do the rewatch of it, correct? And are you buying packets of benefits? So this might be for viability. But AEW, it, it's interesting now they're going to have people leaving. Mind you, the people who leave AEW who don't have their contracts renewed, I don't expect they go to WWE. Um, but just because WWE is very selective, and right now Vince's his mandate, his edict is to get for the future, for the next 10 years. So they want young people, people who are experienced. And we'll segue into WWE. People were fired. Ow! Ah, uh, yes. NXT you were not records. happy about something. Yes. I was not very happy about it. Um, and that's just from NXT, which is, you know, the minor leagues in that sense where Vince is trying to make it into the proper farm system to call up for the main roster. Main roster cuts are coming guarantee that and i will say hindsight's 2020 and it hurt when certain people were cut however um it's working a little bit because there's not much bloating so you can kind of show around people but if you cut it down too much vince just to the whittlest of whittle you're you're not going to be able to fulfill three hours on monday two hours on a um friday and get me invested for a pay-per-view because there's not gonna be enough people left and NXT, who they cut. Loomis, I, I understood. They, they, I felt like they weren't going anything. Dakota Kai, the rumors are that she didn't want to be around. And mind you, these are people I like that I'll support wherever they go because wrestling now it has a touch point phenomenon. It's like, it's not football where all you have to watch is the NFL and not like basketball. All you really got is the NBA. What it is, is like acting in the sense of like, okay, this was my favorite character on a TV show. He got killed, but I like that actor, so I'll follow them in the next movie they go into. Or the next show they do. Oh, hey, they're doing a spinoff of Sal Goodman from Better Call Saul, from Breaking Bad. We're gonna Better Call Saul. We're gonna watch that. That's cool. That's how I treat it. 
if I know the talent's real, I'm going to go from there. But I'm just going to give a shout-out now. Malcolm Vivens, uh, Stokely Halfworth, or uh, whatever his other indie names were, coming into it. He was like, oh, he was a leader of Diamond Mine. I find him hysterical. I send you guys some stuff on Twitter. I feel that he is my spirit animal um, in that sense. His release video was hysterical. He's like, a lot of people have been asking about stuff, stuff, what I'm going to do. I was on, on my way to get some Zaxby's, and I just want to say what I will miss. And he mentioned Zylee. It's like, oh, Miss Zylee, Godspeed, baby girl, Godspeed. He's hysterical. I'm just giving him the shout out now. Best of luck to um everything that you do coming into it because you were a gift in the promo art of it the managerial art you never got to see him wrestle in nxt um from what i saw i've seen some of the indie stuff when he was um doing his other stuff going from there under a different name um but i, I just find it entertaining i was very upset because that was within the 24 hours of the aj brown trade that was a very hard friday for me because at nine o'clock at night i'm like oh, AJ Brown's no longer excited. and then at like 2 p.m on that friday it's like Malcolm Vivid's release. I'm like, what? I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, what do you want from me? You you take everything I love. Is this what you want me to be, a destroyer, or do I want to be a savior? And then, you know, we draft Malik Willis, and then I feel a little bit better, right? And then Garrett Cole gets, you know, a, a Cole job, and I feel a little bit easier. Cream fresh, everybody. Um, but it was very upsetting about NXT. Right now, they have NXT spring breaking, and I forgot about it because I had the show, but also I spent a good hour and a half adding on to this PowerPoint, I'm proud to say I have like 36 slides and I'm just going to expand like the final four slides. I'll give you probably 40. So yay us guys. We did it. You helped. You're my hamburger helpers. Rice Aroni, the San Francisco treat. Um, WrestleMania backlashes this weekend. I'm not watching it. I'm just telling you that right now. The card is trash. There's matches I will watch, but I don't need to watch it on that Sunday. Instead, I'll watch playoff basketball or I'll just play some Metroid Dread because now I'm in the mood to it. But I will do my, and my dog agrees with me, I will do my necessary predictions. Wow, they're really passionate about this. This is great. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear them, but it always cracks me up when they're there. So they changed the main event stuff, and that's where they lost me, boys, because they were originally going to do a unification titles of the tag team belts for RK Bro and the Usos for the Raw and SmackDown tag teams. And now they change it to be a triple threat match as your presumable main event of RK Bro and Drew McIntyre versus the Bloodline, which is Roman Reigns and Jimmy Uso. Snorefest. I know they're jump-starting the feud between Roman and Drew, but this was unnecessary. This was not needed. Why did we do this? You could just have this really being like a SmackDown match, and we understand that Drew and Roman's the hot sarcastic, but you could have just had Shin and um, Roman feud each other for one month, and then you could propel Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. I don't know if I want four months of this story. I don't think it has the longevity to it. And Roman's title reign has gotten kind of stale, and I get that. But I'm also not a Drew McIntyre guy in full yet. I like him better as a heel, and I haven't been won over as a face. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins Part 2. We know it'll be a good match. We know Cody's going to win. They had a good match on Mania. The problem is, is when you have this 100% expectation of victory for one side, it kind of ruins it. That'll be a match I'll watch on Monday, but it's not going to be Sunday night. AJ Styles versus Edge. Guys, I want it but there's going to be some chicanery going on because I think this feud does take you to SummerSlam because now they've infused um, Finn Balor into this. And Finn Balor and AJ Styles know each other from their New Japan days, from Bullet Club, Edge, been doing some good work. I, I think they rushed it a little bit to bring back to the rematch. I still think Edge wins that one, but I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. But that will be the Monday match. Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. Guys that were together, guys broke up. Moss wins, goes from there. Bobby Lashley versus Amos, a rematch from WrestleMania. That's why they call it WrestleMania Backlash. Um, 
eh, this is what I would do. Have Bobby beat Amos. Have Bobby challenge Roman because Roman now has the unified titles. So you you can put Roman on both shows. It doesn't need to be him and Drew fully. Why is it that Raw gets it just gets ignored all the time? You can have Bobby and Roman for one match coming into either Hell in a Cell or Money in the Bank, and I get Samoan meat slapping you know Black Adonis meat, and I'm a happy camper boys i'm a happy camper because francisco will tell you andrew i love what meat slapping me and i don't have biggie because his neck is broken please heal quickly Ator. we love you but i need some meat slapping in my life and then of course if they were smart they would actually do this as the main event but ronda rousey charlotte flair and i quit match for the women's smackdown championship if they main evented it i'm fine if they put this as um, being a schmoozy kind of ending, I'm not fine with it because you kind of did that at WrestleMania to begin with. Ronda wins, of course. That's fine. Charlotte Sauron's been kind of eh. SmackDown's women's kind of eh right now with the roster and the talent that Vince wants to push. Raw's kind of doing better into it. What I would really like is we just kind of merge the women's championships and we actually merge the tag team titles because you're going to appease your two masters in USA and Fox, but that does not mean that we can't put all the one um roster on one show so you can have all the tag teams be on raw you can have all the ta- uh, the women's be on smackdown or vice versa because i think this will kind of drive his ratings a little bit right it's the idea of west coast games are always gonna be on at nine o'clock so there's gonna be people gonna watch it because we like west coast basketball maybe more than east coast basketball i don't know that's just suggestions i make to you and that's all i'm going to give you guys for cage this week and i love my new setup so come with me everybody every tuesdays for the cage it's seven one yankees oh we're yeah. so legitimate we're so legitimate what the hell happened i got passionate about wrestling and talking about stuff and insulting tony khan and then we went from being one-on-one to seven one what is this greatness <laughs> oh 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 no okay Oh, all right. It wasn't a. We don't have a Rizzo Jizzo. I would just have a heart attack and die. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's it for us, everybody. Uh, Panthers are up. Hopefully, fingers crossed, everything goes well. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. And hopefully, I'll have Andrew's new setup ready for by that point. You know. Well, here we go. Yes. All right. Bye bye. Good night, everyone. Take care.